in today's show. <laughs> We're actually going to talk a little bit about some dog training secrets that will help you to not only get success faster, but it'll allow you to have some skills that really last. You know, mm -hmm. we often talk about, uh, you know, how to get success early and how to really make sure that your dog understands and is motivated. Today, we're really gonna dive deep into some of the secrets that we use as dog trainers, and uh, you'll understand why dog trainers' dogs get trained so much faster. Mm -hmm. I'm Ken Steep. I'm Cal McCann. Welcome back to McCann Dogs. So, you know, every time I see season three, I always think it's pretty cool uh, that we've been doing a few seasons now of uh, the train stations. Um, and uh, I just, I don't know, it's just kind of neat. It's hard to believe that we've been doing this for so long already. Like, I know. It, it, it does feel like a really very, long very time. strange. Um, I'm just getting some other stuff uh, set up here on the channel as we get going. I just have a, a see a question that we can ask really quickly. Yep. Um, Susanna Perez says, how often do you guys make videos? So we post uh, brand new videos for our channel every single week and they go out on what day now? Saturday, Saturday mornings. mornings yeah. Early Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. um, so every week we have new content that are about dog training, puppy training, anything to do with dog training or dogs in general. Um, and then we do this particular live Q&A every other Thursday yeah. uh, with our YouTube uh, groups. And then for those of you who are in the chat that are part of our online class program, we have a lot more stuff that we do on a weekly basis with those guys. But um, yeah, so every single week we, we post something new. Absolutely. So, um, you, if you, I've seen a few people that were, uh, it's their first time being here. Actually, I saw someone yes. showed up very early. Let's see if I can get back to that. And like one of the first comments on the channel, let's see, it's going to be tough. Oh boy. Now the chat is flying and it's going to be tough to find it. But I always think it's really fun when I see somebody who's here for like the first time, you know, I think it's really neat that, uh, so Kelsey, Wright. Just want to say hello. Thanks Welcome, for joining us. Kelsey. Excited to join my first live. And, uh, and let us know if this is your first time here on the train station. I know we have so many uh, people that, uh, you know, watch all watch lots of our videos and they're like, oh, I just missed a live. Oh, I, you know, I can't believe um, that, uh, you know, I, I missed another one. But I'm glad if you're here. It's so much fun to be able to have this conversation because... To be honest, we do these for you. So, you know, oh, there's so, lots of so first-timers. Yeah, we can answer your Holy. questions. We can um, really dive into some of the training challenges that you have. But if you, uh, if this isn't your first time Oh my on God, the look station, at all the first-time people. I don't think I've ever seen this many new people on it at maybe, all. Then you don't even know yet. If, this is if this exciting. Is your, if this is your first time here, we really want to know where you're joining us from. It's the train wow. station roll call. We we uh, do this every first single time, uh, train station, every single live show that we do. And I, I it's so exciting for me because we go through after and we go through all of the, um, check out all the chat and all the comments and stuff. And so I see countries that I've never heard of, in, like in some of our students. So we also, time watching. <laughs> we also, we also have online puppy training and online adult dog training programs. And we have students from all over the world in that. And it's so cool mm -hmm. to see that. And it's so nice to have you guys join us. I don't know if you're familiar with Romper Room. Uh, is that, was that a Canadian thing? I don't uh, think so, was it? I don't know, actually. Yeah, I'm not sure either. What I like to do is have a bit of a Romper Room moment with you. Um, so I want to say, uh, and there's just so many, I'm gonna, I'll have to breeze through, but I, I see Mitch jumping in from Fergus. Thanks for joining us, Mitch. Um, Fergus, that's not far away. Yeah, well. I see Austin, Texas, Illinois, New York, Oxford, PA, San Diego, Kansas. Colorado. Uh, Howell, Michigan, Kentucky, Saskatchewan, Canada, Troy, <laughs> Troy, Michigan, Salt Lake City, Utah, Tennessee, Costa Rica, Fargo, North Dakota, Texas is here. First time from Vancouver, BC. Thanks for joining us here from uh, Vancouver. Awesome. Charlotte, uh, oh boy, Wadsworth, Illinois, Bakersfield, Palm Springs, Montreal, Quebec. Thanks for joining us Whoa. from Montreal. Uh, Meg Hawaii. Elfins from Sydney, Australia. Uh, I see Westport, Connecticut, Las Vegas, Washington. The list goes on and on. I mean, it 
It's, it's continuing Tanya to go Tanya says, on you need a mirror on. for this. Yeah, for it's really I know. Oh, that's so true. Room, yes, I'd look through that. Then you absolutely yeah. need, need oh, a mirror. I love that she picked Good up call, Tanya. on that reference. <laughs> if you are a train, you know, this isn't your first time, you also know that we wouldn't be able to do this without some of the help from our amazing moderators, specifically... Dan, lots of links looting. Without this guy, I don't know what we'd do. And you'll also know that we love to, we set up a satellite. We, we, we have this McCann Dog satellite just hovering. Uh, and what it does is it directly- Tells us all kinds of things. It directly feeds us with whatever Dan is up to as he's moderating. So let's jump in to the satellite cam and see what, what Dan the moderator man, lots of links looting is up to. And there's Dan, oh no. Oh, Lucy not... Lou. Okay, Hi, so- Lou. All right, so Lucy's in Hi, charge. Lou. Lucy's doing the moderating tonight. And if so, if you see some like misspelled words, I mean, she's not that old. She, you know, she she might that was a really really cute things. picture. Which of I know her. she looked adorable, didn't she? I love how her ears are like all like cockeyed and adorable. I know that was very cute. Um, but <laughs> you'll see Dan in the chat. You might also see. Uh, Instructor Steve, who you've probably seen on some of our videos, he's also in the chat. And I see our friend. SD Cruiser joining us here from SD. Thanks for jumping in the chat, SD Cruiser. Uh, you know, we really appreciate all the help that our mods give us. So let's dive in to the task at hand. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some things that, um, to, to be honest, what sort of prompted this for me was uh, when we were uh, watching Instructor Carol do her uh, disc dog stuff the other day. Um, mm -hmm. it's, I started thinking about, like, she's a five-time world champion of disc dog. You're a 20-time uh, world champion of dog agility. You know, we have so many instructors that have achieved so many great things. It's all built on a foundation of understanding of dogs yeah. and understanding understanding how Training. dogs learn and think. And I wanted to give you guys a little bit of insight uh, on that because I think it can really help you in your dog training journey. Um, and as I mentioned, these are the secrets that will help you not only train your dog faster, but get some skills that'll last. And, and this I, is the kind of stuff you should know. I think to build on that, I think a common complaint that we get on our YouTube channel is that um, a lot of our demo dogs, even though they're only four, six, seven months old, they're already listening so well. And a lot of people say, you know, can't you use untrained dogs? And, um, you know, we had a situation a few weeks ago where we brought in um, a student's dog to use as a as a demo. And um, I had the dog for about five minutes. And just because I, I've trained a lot of dogs, I kind of knew what to reward and what not to reward. And within about 30 or 40 seconds a minute, the puppy was already off for sitting on, you know, yeah. towards me on a loose leash. Exactly and these guys had to about. say, stop training the puppy or else we're not going to get a good uh, video of a puppy doing it wrong. But we just started thinking there's so many things that we know innately that we would love to share with you guys that, um, you know, that avoid a lot of problems because we sort of know how to start things off and what to look for and what to reward. So those are the types of things that we're going to... Um, share with you tonight and there's like a cabillion things but we tried to pick like some of the Pretty big number yeah we tried to pick some of the top things that um that you we thought you would appreciate the most um i can't skip this uh mj let's go what happened to the train whistle you know what it's right here here's just for you <laughs> welcome to the train station <laughs> i just love doing that i don't even know it's just there's so it's so much fun for me um i'm glad you guys enjoy it too i see dan dropped a toot toot in the chat Shannon so, says Kabillion. Let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about um, whether we have a puppy or a new dog in our household. I w we're going to talk about some actionable things. You know, we're not just going to dive into the why, but we're going to touch on some of the how to tonight in tonight's show. Mm -hmm. And um, let's talk about some of like the ideas that we enter 
when we get into dog, uh, the dog training lifestyle, it's something that we sort of, you know, f chat about and, and, and uh, you know, mention, um, but it's actually a pretty huge part of uh, getting a new puppy. Oh, Caroline, dropping the $5 oh, super thank chat. You, thank you very much. Caroline, <laughs> Carolyn, maybe. Yeah, and you'll notice, now uh, you'll notice behind us, thank you very much, Caroline. We'll have to keep an eye out, and uh, Dan and Steve, just keep an eye out uh, if Caroline has a, uh, a question to ask. But you'll see behind us, Caroline, you turned, not only did you flash the lights in the train station, but you turned our Super Chat lights green. Oh, that's fun. So that's new. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Thank you very much. And we'll keep an eye out for uh, a question if you have one, or maybe, you know, it's just uh, say hello. And thank you for that. Yes, thank you. Let's talk a little bit about how... Uh, you know, when we get a new dog, uh, big picture, what are some of the, we have about four or five things that we're going to really talk, uh, focus on tonight. You know, where do we start when I talk about I dog training I interrupt you though, because you started to say something so important. I don't want you to get away from okay. it about yeah. the whole like lifestyle thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's really important. Um, we talked to our in line, um, <clears throat> we talked to all of our students about this, but we've been mainly talking to our online students about this since that's the only classes that we have going right now. Yeah. Um, but with our online students, we talk a lot about how you don't just want to train your dog to do things for a few minutes a day and then forget about them. You know, raising a dog and raising a puppy and teaching and training, it really is a lifestyle. It's, it's um, you know, we've talked, joked before, it's like going on a diet. You don't just like do it a little bit and then throw it by the wayside. You have to kind of change how you, how you interact with the dog because dogs learn are learning all of the time, every single second of the day, whether you intentionally are training them or not, the dog's learning. So our uh, job is to try to make sure that the information that they're getting all day long is is good stuff. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be perfect all the time. It means that we need to be there to celebrate the wins and then also say, you know what, that's not such a great idea what you're yeah. doing there. But if you really think about it as a lifestyle, you'll be much um, more likely to be able to shape their their um uh, choices and that's sort of what we do when we get a puppy it's you know it's kind of like a part-time job full-time right. job yeah. because our whole focus is about shaping and molding them the way that we want to and you know by the time they get just even a little bit older they already have kind of an idea of what they're supposed to be doing and they're just so much easier to deal with so that's kind of what we mean by lifestyle it's not just like a train them okay I did my training session and I don't have to worry about it anymore it needs to be like an all the time thing so Caroline and this is a great question, and Caroline, we'll answer. This is a good one to answer right now because yeah, we want both I like of you guys. This so, um, my husband and I will be spending an equal amount of time and effort raising our new puppy in July. Can a puppy bond equally to two people at the same time? I great, don't know. Great can, question. Can they? Yeah, can is that in, on purpose? Can they? No, can? but that's I didn't. I should have just owned that. I know. Yeah, that purpose. was yeah. <laughs> It's a great question to ask. Let's mm -hmm. talk about that. Yeah, they absolutely can. Um, I definitely think that it's really, really normal, though, in households for dogs to kind of gravitate or um, fall in love with one person more than the other. And yep. usually it's the person that's like a little bit more of a natural born leader. Um, those are the dogs that the those are the people that the dogs definitely gravitate to. But absolutely, the dog can learn. Um, you know, when Ken and I first started get uh, first got together, he had his dogs and my I had my dogs and it wasn't not until the, like the last couple of years um that when we've gotten dogs they've been sort of our dogs like together and um you know especially our youngest beeline she can flip-flop between the two of us no problem yeah, yeah. um you know she's sort of my dog but um you know if she thinks ken's going to the truck to do sheep herding or anything remotely right. fun she's no problem leaving me and going with him because she's just sort of learned sheep herding yeah she's just sort of learned what's fun so yes absolutely they can and the 
You don't have to worry about it being like smack down even like right. all of the time, but as much as you both can be involved, the better. It also just provides a lot of clarity and consistency for your puppy too. So as long as you guys are doing the same things, um, your puppy will really appreciate that as far as their learning's concerned. So let's, let's, the first thing we want to talk about is motivation. And, um, you know, some people, I see lots of comments in the chat, uh, or not in this chat, but like in, in our comment section, something like, you know, this won't work. My dog doesn't like food or this, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to get my dog to like toys. He just doesn't care about toys. And, you know, it's so important when you're teaching a dog any new skill that you figure out what's motivating for them. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, food food motivation and food drive and, and toy motivation and toy drive and, and how that can be such a beneficial thing for you at home to understand the difference between the two and, and what might be useful, yeah. as well as uh, knowing how valuable that it is to have that sort of motivation. Yeah, I think when you have a young puppy and you're trying to get them to do things for you, especially when they have a very, very, very small attention span and they're easily distracted, we need to use motivators that the dogs actually want so that they're willing to work for us. And we do that until the dog actually learns that just working for us alone is valuable enough but we want to associate you know listening to us for getting treats or toys or pets or affection or whatever it might be until we don't need them anymore um but i think it's really important that you know what type of food is motivating for your dog and that you're using it in the right way so just spouting off a couple suggestions um we talk a lot about uh, hand feeding your dog getting them to work for their food so if you you know put food bowl down and you walk away well you have you know 40 60 kibbles or however right, you yeah, how many kibbles yeah. you give your dog that's you know all those moments that you have an opportunity to reward eye contact get them to respond to their name work sits downs um feeding time is a really um common time for us to train our puppies because we know we have a dog that's hungry and they're usually willing to work um the other thing that we're firm believers of is not only being restricted to food as a type of reward so we do a ton of toy rewards with our dogs whether it's for playing for responding to their name, recalls, um, tugging so they learn about how to use their mouth and how to drop things on command, um, all of those types of things so that you have multiple ways to reinforce your dog. Yeah. Um, and not every dog is the same. So not every dog is going to like the same types of treats or the same types of toys. So you need to learn about what makes your dog tick. You know, between the two of us, Ken and I have six dogs and they are all very different in what they love, what toys they like, what food they like. We have some dogs that have like certain treats that are like their be all end all and I have other dogs that are like so so about it so and I learned that through trial and error and kind of figuring out what my dog um, likes um, and then once I can find what motivates them then it's really easy to um, you know, use it to reinforce them for good behavior. Caroline dropping another Caroline, $5 super chat. You need to ask, a, ask yeah. us a question when you give us a <laughs> Thank you very much for the super chat. A, um, that was really really great. Super chat. We appreciate it. Um, so I think then we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, I think this is a good question and I think it's really applicable to right now. So Katie Brown says, should my day-to-day -day life include wearing a bait pouch all the time? My proper is so different when I have it on good, versus good when I don't. So let's, that That is not uncommon mm -hmm. and absolutely not. You shouldn't have a bait pouch on all the time. However, when you have a puppy or a dog in training, you should have reward available 
all the time. I, I can't tell you how many pockets of sweaters I've washed with like treats in it or, you know, jeans with like some treats stuck in the bottom. <laughs> it's so gross when I discovered that I had that in there, but being able to reward your puppy with good timing, is gonna be really valuable. Also, you wanna get your dog outside of the uh, training mode idea, thinking they only need to listen or there's only something valuable when you're focused on formal training. Yeah. I don't know if you wanna add Yeah, on no, I just, so we use, a, we don't stick to one method. Sometimes we have a bait pouch on because it's just easy to get the treats in and out or fanny pack or whatever. Sometimes we'll just put the treats in our pocket and it's not uncommon when we have a puppy in our house anyways, we have like little, little Tupperware containers with treats around, you know, on top of their crate. I usually keep one in the car. I usually keep one, you know, just different little places so that anytime I kind of want to reach for something, I, I have, you know, something to grab. Um, you know, I, I have been known to show up to a grocery store with a tug toy stuck in the back of my pants one or right. two times in yeah, my life, it happens. whatever, just a bit, bit weird, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, you don't have to be regimented to one thing. You can, you can switch it up. For sure. Um, there was something that I wanted to do over here and I sort of lost track. I was trying to keep track of the chat. Um, let's, let's show a little bit of toy motivation. Like so many people, so uh, if your dog isn't food motivated, you need, really need to focus on why. Have you touched on that at all? Like some of the reasons that a dog, uh, dog no, might you not. you do that and okay. I'm gonna get the. So no. you need to really, if you feel like, boy, my dog isn't food motivated, he just doesn't care for food. There, Food is a resource that dogs uh, see as valuable naturally. You don't need to teach them to love food, but what you do need to be aware of if they're not interested in food is a few things. Like, is your dog, uh, stressed is the environment the situation is something causing them to be not focused on the food uh, and more focused on something else um, is are you feeding too much are you you know we get dogs in class in classes that are overweight and you know uh, the their owner just thinks that uh, oh you know he's, it, it, you know it's not, it's not a big deal but what you'll see is that dog is who has access to too much food is always full and just isn't that interested. There's no value in, in working for a couple of kibbles when you have, uh, you know, three cups uh, in the morning of, uh, of free food. Um, the other thing is, uh, is the level of reward. So maybe um, your dogs, you've yeah. worked for 10 minutes on some skill, exercise, something, um, which might be long time for a puppy. You want to keep shorter sessions than that. But um, after it being rewarded with a few kibbles, they're like, eh, I'm not that interested anymore. Maybe switching it up to a higher value food is going to be the difference between being successful and not being successful. Um, also, really being aware of what you're rewarding. So, you know, I'm not just gonna feed my dog anytime they do anything. I'm gonna look for a little bit more effort. Look at this, you can't see the poodle. She's shaking like crazy. She's got a crazy she's, haircut I know. right now, by the way. Speak, uh, she's not the only one. I look like a scarecrow. Look at this. <laughs> Ken won't let me cut his hair, guys. Yeah, not yet. We're good. We'll see if the barbershop opens up. Um, um, before okay. we do that, uh, Caroline's okay. asked her question. Okay. Let's go down to Caroline's question. She's funny. Caroline, like sweet Caroline, because I wondered if it was Caroline. Right, See, right, you made yeah. that very clear. Thank you. Okay, uh, we have three adult cats. How long do we wait to introduce them to our new puppy in July? Love oh, your show. Good question. Yeah, let's talk about multiple pet households. Yeah, for sure. Um, when it comes to cats specifically, it can be a little bit challenging because... Um, they can't really control cats that well. <laughs> so um, often when we have uh, cats and puppies, it can be a little bit difficult. Now, some 
some cats will just sort of like work things out, but you do have to be careful that the puppy's not gonna get hurt. Like if your cat has claws, like there's just a lot of variables to kind of consider. Um, typically with us, our sort of golden rule at, in our house when we have multiple animals, we don't have a cat anymore, we did though, um, is we would often separate our puppy from our older dogs and from our cat while yeah. we were doing a lot of our initial training um, so that we were developing some skills. So I would kind of wait until my puppy responded to her name or she could kind of hold a sit and a wait and she had a little bit more self-impulse. She knew leave it. So there's a couple things because then when I started to integrate her into the house when the other dogs were loose or the cat was moving around, I could call her name and she would listen to me or I could tell her to on your bed and wait and she would listen. But when your puppy doesn't have any skills yet and then you're adding added distractions of you know cats and other dogs and even kids, whatever it might be, it can be a real challenge. So our recommendation is I don't want to put an age limit or a time limit on it because every dog is different um, and every person is different depending on their training ability yeah. or whatever the situation is. Yeah. Uh, so the golden rule is start with some skills first and then add distractions in very slowly. Um, so we've touched on uh, food training. Uh, let's talk about toy training. Mm -hmm. And it, one thing, and this is a big part of, you know. Speaking of toy training, some, somebody's getting into the toy box some, already. Something that dog trainers understand is that some skills need to be trained. We'll talk a little <laughs> bit, um, you know, maybe your dog doesn't love toys, but they can be taught to love toys. You know, that's some, it's a valuable skill. Uh, you know, it's something that I use for sure when I want to reward a dog remotely or I want to play an engaging game, but not all dogs naturally love toys. You need to teach them that they're fun. Let's, let's maybe show that. Cause I know a lot of people at home will say like, oh, my dog likes playing with toys on his own. That's not the kind of uh, yeah, toy playing that we were talking about. Let's actually talk about that first before we get out the yeah. toys. If you really want your dog to be more interested in toys, we don't give our dogs access to toys all of the time. They get access to, um, like chew toys, like yeah. uh, bones and Kongs and things that they would like lie down and chew, but they don't get access to like interactive toys. We have our toys in um, a toy box that our dogs don't have access to unless we bring it out and play with them. Although I've opened it, so she's been diving her head in there a second ago. Um, but we do that to make the toys more valuable so that when we bring them out, the dogs learn to play with us. Because if my dog rehearses a lot of taking the ball and going lie down and chewing it on their own or running around with the toy in their mouth and learning to play with it without including me, I'm going to have a heck of a time trying to teach my dog to retrieve and to bring right. the reward back to me. So we don't let our dogs rehearse independence with toys at all. We, we play with them, which I'm going to show you in a second. Um, and then once we're done our play, our high value crazy play, we put the reward away or the toy away so that it's like this exciting thing that comes out and then it disappears and then they right. sort of leaves them wanting yeah. more. And we needed to work pretty hard to get Hippie to, and yeah, I mean, she's a small, small breed dog. So we're going to use her as, a, as an example. Also gives me, if you, this is your guys' first time, uh, you, you won't know how much I love to toot, but I'll do it right now. And uh, thank you, Caroline, dropping a super sticker for $5. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's time to head on over uh, to the train station. Let me get uh, go to Kale's camera. All right, let's head over. Okay, so the first thing that I want to talk about is just the type of toy. Uh, the poodle is diving her head into my treat pocket right now. Come here, you naughty thing. So I have a toy here. This is a really fun toy that lots of my dogs like. Hippie's not into this, that into this. And I want to show you that, you know, you can make toys a little bit more exciting even if they're not that into it. But it is important that you find to uh, toys that your dog actually likes. Now, a really common thing, you are absolutely bonkers right now. Um, <laughs> 
One thing that people often make the mistake of is when they take a toy, they say, oh, you want to get it? And they shove it in the dog's face. And like, Hippie's like, what the heck? What are you doing? She's not really that interested. She's actually moving her head away from me. So that's not a very effective way to engage dogs. Dogs love to chase. So a better thing would be to take the, the toy and maybe bounce it over here a little bit, bounce it over here a little bit, and sort of move it around, getting her to chase it. Ooh, good girl. Now she's thinking about it, but she's not super interested in it. So I'm going to get something that's a little bit more um, gentle and nice to, to bite onto. So I might get like a little skinny. Whoa. Now look, if I move it around, get her to chase it, once she latches on, yeah, I'm going to sort of tug and let her play a little bit. Good girl. And if she releases it, I'm going to just keep it moving around again. Whoa, what have you got? Good girl. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah, good girl. I sort of make it look a little bit like dying prey to keep her engaged. Yes, good girl. And then I might work a little bit of a trade out. Yes, good girl. Take the toy away and then I might tease her with it again. Oh, what's this? Ready, set, woo! Yeah, good girl. And this is such a great way to tire a dog out. You also, humans, will get tired out as well. I always say, if you are not panting and like a little bit out of breath once you've been working a little bit of tour work with your dog, you did not put enough into it while you're training. Oh, she's got a good latch now. Woohoo! Good girl! Yeah, yeah, good girl! And again, she started starting to slow down or drive a little bit, so I'm going to take it away and I'm going to put it up there. Because what I don't want to do is play into the point where she's like, okay, I'm bored. It's like throw, 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 okay, I'm going to go lie down. That means you've done it too long. You want to do high energy practicing and then cut it. Quit while you're ahead, as they say. Short, sweet uh, bursts to keep the dog engaged and happy and moving with you. Awesome. Anything else? Just bringing it back. You know, uh, no, I think that was perfect. Okay. I think we should, uh, there's some uh, good stuff going on in the chat here, some great questions. But a couple things, and this is going to uh, uh, segue to our, to our next point really well. I love a good segue. Yes, is... Okay. Uh, the idea that small wins are important, that's something that a dog trainer really understands. So that was a, a great example of getting a dog motivated and actually it played out really well because Hippie just didn't care about uh, the first toy as much. Uh, and your dog, maybe, <laughs> maybe there are toys. Look at all the people who are like, Kale, you're energizing your buddy. Kale, you're getting low-key very excited. I know, yeah. I know. People always say, oh, my dog's not motivated. I'm like, give me right. your toy, give me your dog. And right. literally within 15 seconds, For they're sure. crazy. Yeah, and, and I think- What you, you put out, only, you get back. Absolutely, and not only, uh, without question, and, and you know, uh, ending it early. You know, don't play until the dog's like, okay, I've had enough. End on that high. You know, something that I did with Hippie really early on is I actually let her win a yes. bunch of times. Like she wasn't that, ex you know, I, I wouldn't work a drop. You I know would, what? Make it I was really going to talk about that, but I realized that I didn't have her on a leash. Yeah, and yeah, that's so okay. that's why I didn't show I, it. And I think that's really important, an important thing to say. Again, another dog training secret. Yeah. When I'm training a dog, I wouldn't practice letting them win if I didn't have a leash attached, because if I didn't have a leash attached, she could wander away and play it on her own. But again, these are just things that we know because we don't allow our dogs to rehearse behaviors that aren't going to sort of get us closer to our goal. For sure. We set the dog up so when they do it, they are doing it very reliably. So that that's why I didn't talk about that, but I think it's important to know the why because that will be helpful. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Oh, so, so we're talking, oh, Pastor oh, Dan. Pastor Dan. Dropping the super chat. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pastor Dan. Let's have a look at what uh, that question is from Pastor Dan. 
Um, from Pastor Dan, new to Puppy Essentials, the best way to introduce an untrained dog to my housemate's uh, new puppy who's in training. Okay, this is really good, and it's also really important. We talked just a little bit ago about introducing, uh, uh, bringing a new dog into your household, mm -hmm. but let's talk about a, a couple specifics um, uh, when we have a couple of dogs in training, you know, in the same household. Let's mm -hmm. talk about how we might how we might do that. We did it in a video not that long ago. It was, uh, I, you know, it's been pretty popular, but let's yeah. talk about it. Um, I think it, it can be challenging when you have a new dog that's in training and then a dog that doesn't have any training. That can sometimes be a bit of a recipe for disaster right. or like a lot of chaos and maybe excitement. Yeah. Um, so Excitement is best case scenario. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so what we would recommend that you do is start off in a very controlled manner where you're getting that untrained dog to um, not be completely untrained. So, right. you know, I might have some food, I might have that do untrained dog on a leash, and I might just start off by, without any distractions, just teaching the dog to sit on a loose leash and just pay attention and be rewarded. And I would constantly reward that dog just to teach the dog that that was a nice positive thing to do. Then what I would do is practice that same behavior with that other dog, maybe in the same backyard or, you know, at one end of the house and me at the other. I definitely wouldn't just put them in a room and say, figure it out, or put them in the same room with both dogs on yeah. leash because, you know, you you just don't know how the dogs are going to react or if they're going to listen. So you want to sure. kind of set them up to be successful by having both dogs controlled, both dogs excited to earn a reward from whoever human is controlling them at that moment and keep the distance between them great, um, large, big, so that you can really emphasize the the focus. And then once you have the dogs understanding to be calm and, you know, rational around each other, then you can take it from there. But that first step is not, that's not just like a, we do it one time and then we're done and we're good to go. That's something that you're going to practice several times until you can get to the point where the dogs can actually be fairly close together right. within 10 or six feet. And they're both still not lunging and pulling on the leash or barking or being inappropriate um, and so that's going to be a few steps uh, so another segue I mean it's funny how these things are sort of weaving in together um, small, I'm going to do small, the rest of this with the poodle on small, my shoulder yeah it's pretty cute she's pretty cute um, small wins are vital when you are thinking like a dog trainer identifying understanding setting up your dog to make some small wins. So something like, um, you know, having dogs in two rooms, separate rooms in the house, mm -hmm. and they're not pulling towards one another. You know, you're not uh, you're not making it too difficult. But when either dog chooses to like check in with you, even though there's a distraction. 15 feet away, that's a small win. That's the kind of thing that you're going to uh, acknowledge and really mm -hmm. make a big deal of. Maybe you food reward with them. Maybe, you know, you play tug with them. It might be challenging for the other dog in that scenario. But really capturing some of these small wins is crucial. And this is where you build drive. We want you to have a dog who loves to listen. And the, you know, the McCann method specifically, like our steps are set up to make sure you get those small wins mm -hmm. and then build, build on them. them. Yeah. yeah. So, so oh. I I don't want you. I know that's. Wow. I don't know. It's I didn't like know what to do when we say something at the same I time. Know. But <laughs> I love to toot. So I might as well just default <laughs> to that. But setting up some of these small wins is going to be really important. And, um, you know, uh, as well as capturing them. So a recent video, I don't even remember which one it was. I talked about um, getting attention and focus. And I know that's a real challenge for a lot of you guys. And you just, it's hard to see uh, uh, what how you're going to get more attention from your dog. That's a good way to do it. If your dog in your, it doesn't matter, you're in your house and, or your apartment or whatever, and your dog looks at your face, 
reward that, especially for a dog who's usually, uh, usually a little busybody. You know, a dog that's like always sniffing around and just trying, trying to find stuff to do. If your dog comes and sits at your side, acknowledge that. Yeah. Small wins. Build on these things. Really capture those moments with your dog and you're going to start to notice that they offer attention more. That they, you know, they're looking for small wins. They're looking for more uh, of these moments and by rewarding them, you're likely to get more of them. We literally did a deep dive on exactly what you're talking about with our um, online students um, last week. So every week we sort of take a topic and then we um, go live on Zoom or Facebook or whatever with our students and we really go into a lot of these like dog training topics and give specific um, examples of, you know, what they can do with their dogs at home. And um, exactly oh. what you were talking about is, is what we focused on. It's just so important. Yeah. Kelsey Wright, dropping oh. the super chat, five pounds. <laughs> Thank you, Kelsey, for Welcome, the super Kelsey. chat. Welcome, Kelsey. Yeah. Um, let's go back. It hasn't quite appeared in our uh, queue it's right yet. There. Uh, I'd like to put it up on oh, the screen. Oh, I see what you mean. There we go. Okay, so Kelsey, uh, yeah, she's her first time here, right? Is yeah. That, yeah, oh, very cool. Um, firstly, I love your videos. Due to pick up her first ever Border Collie in a few weeks. We Welcome a, to the dark side, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun breed. So, so much versatility. Yeah. Um, we have a five-hour drive home. Any tips uh, in crate or no crate in the car? So I'm going to I'm gonna give you, we, we definitely have an answer for this, but I'm going to tell you that um, uh, I, I'm always worried Safety first. I love when a dog can be restrained in the vehicle. Um, I've been a firefighter for more than 20 years now. I was a paramedic for 10 of them, and I've seen these crazy scenarios, things that you'd never think would happen. So for me, I love the fact that we can have some sort of restraint system for our dogs in a car. Now, uh, an eight-week-old puppy, uh, it's just not as feasible. It's just maybe not as reasonable. Um, but let's talk about, you know, traveling uh, with a tiny little puppy on the way home uh, for the first time. Yeah, typically I will um, I will bring a little puppy crate with me and I will... Um and I will put them in the crate. And usually if I'm, you know, dr I usually will try to come, like have somebody with me. So if you have, you know, somebody that can drive the car so that you can kind of sit in the back with the crate and yeah. you can uh, kind of seatbelt the crate in. And that way you can keep your fingers in the crate or you can throw some treats in there or things just to kind of help settle the puppy. Um, I've picked up puppies like on my own before and I've just put them in the passenger seat and like seatbelt them in in the crate so I can stick my fingers in the crate door and just sort of like, you know, settle them. Them if I need to um, but I do think the crate is a good option because it's a little bit safer um, initially I would suggest putting like um, you know a towel or something in there so if the puppy is sick or has any accidents just because they're babies yeah. you can clean it up really easily and then eventually um, we sort of wean away from the bedding when they're babies because a lot of dogs will um, go to the bathroom on it or chew it and then we reintroduce the bedding again to a dog once the bathroom stuff and the chewing stuff is finished so um Kristen, one of our online puppy students uh, i put my pup, uh, new pup in the crate for the drive home and she was fine because it was her first time in a car i think and she was so nervous she didn't know what to do uh, she was alone yeah, yeah for sure it, it's so nice to be able to know that they're in a safe place um on that uh, on that ride home yeah um and again you know I'm always going to be an advocate for some sort of restraint system uh, in a car. Um, okay, I sort of lost track of where we were. Um, we were talking about the small wins. Okay. I think we. I think we. Um, oh, so I think we can go on to the next one. I think okay. we talked about it. All right, so uh, for sure. So we're going to talk about some of these. So we talked about some of the small wins. We also need to talk about self-rewarding behaviors. We talk. You know, we really focus on motivation. We want your dog to be excited about learning, excited about listening, and so that they want to train. They want to learn these new things. Mm -hmm. 
Again, controlling their, uh, figuring out what they love uh, is really important, but you also need to know, especially when you have a puppy, uh, what they're naturally rewarded by. What sort mm -hmm. of things do they find are satisfying? Yes. Or what sort of things do they find are more interesting maybe than you that they don't need you for? Uh, let's talk about how we really, in, uh, great puppy owners and great dog owners that, that see success quickly, know this. Yes. They figure out very quickly what a self-rewarding behavior is and they either have some control of it or they don't allow the puppy to rehearse it. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I think barking, um, digging, things like that are, are really important or um, dogs that are doing a lot of jumping. So, you know, if a dog comes up and they start jumping all over you and you just start petting them, well, you're just rewarding them for jumping up on you. And it seems so simple to say it out loud, but I can't tell you how many times that people allow a dog to do a behavior and they don't even realize it's not really good behavior to reinforce and they're praising the dog and talking to the dog in a happy voice or they're petting the dog or they give the dog food. I talked to a person in my private lesson today. She wants the dog to stop barking. And as she was talking to me, the dog was barking. She was literally putting food in the dog's mouth. And I had to say, what are you rewarding for? And she was like, oh, no, I didn't mean to do that. It was really funny. Um, so you need to be really careful that you're not accidentally reinforcing things that your dog is doing without knowing it or that you're not just jumping too. So if your dog just jumps up on you and you pet them or if they come and they, you know, you're sitting on the couch and they start pawing at your leg and you just get up and you start playing with them or you pet them, you're teaching your dog that they can kind of control things by being pushy because you're going to reward them for it. So um, you need to be really aware of those things because you can shape and mold behaviors very well or not so well, depending. Scott Lacey, $10 Super Chat. Thanks for uh, jumping in on the train station. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Are those lights, is that yellow? Well, they're yellower. Okay. They're like a lime really green. Tell. Okay. I think we'll go with they're yellow. Okay. They're lime green. I can't tell. Um, so Scott has a question. Uh, is it better to train a single skill, sit or lay down or come, super mm -hmm. repetitively or mix it up with four? Oh my oh. goodness gracious. Here. Um, mix it up with four to five different skills, then lay down, then come. Uh, am I confusing my puppy by mm, throwing too question. much? It's a really good question. Uh, by throwing too much at them, uh, too much at him. So uh, this is something actually we've talked about in previous. This uh, is a self-rewarding behavior right here. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> so um, multiple skills in a row. Uh, Mary H. Thanks for the super sticker. Hiya, she says. Um, Scott, that's a great question. Um, you're definitely not throwing too much at your puppy by doing multiple skills. In fact, there's lots of times where I'm working on multiple things with my puppy at a time. But dogs do learn within repetition. So rather than doing like, you know, sit, then down, then this, then that, then this, then that, it would be better if you did like five or six sits in a row and then five or six downs in a row. And like you can do multiple behaviors, yeah. but try to take one behavior and then work on it with repetition because that's really what helps sink it into the dog's mind. We also know that when you train dogs to do something and say you're working on a new trick or down, for example, if you do down and then you let like five or six days go by and then you practice it again, you are not going to get the same type of results or the speed in, uh, that the dog learns it right. if you train it that way. But if you do, you know, a short session, you know, early in the day and then again later in the day and then the next day you repeat it and then the next day you repeat it your dog will learn that behavior so much faster because they can retain the information. And, and I've seen many times where I have trained my dog to do something and I think that they kind of have the idea. Right. And then I'll kind of put it away for a little bit and then I'll revisit it. And it's almost like the dog had time to like kind of 
let it settle or something because then the second time that you practice it, the dogs catch on so much faster because it's familiar. So um, training sessions like that often are really helpful. Um, you can definitely do a wide range of skills. That's no problem, but you're going to be uh, better off if it's uh repetitive skills before moving on to the next and then make sure you don't have a lot of time that um, goes on between the um, reps. Abigail McGovern says, loving the poodle accessory. I have a toy cavoodle, a puppy who loves to climb onto my shoulder. It must be a poodle thing. I she know. has done this since she was like so a cute. baby, baby puppy. So and she's cute though, so, right? so chill. Cute. She'll like, type in the computer and she hangs out here. Yeah, it's very cute. Uh, Amy, dropping the 499 super chat. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Let's jump to her question. Um, my six-month-old red healer rescue is super oral, nibbly, and nippy for play and fun. Too much. Tried your video, but he didn't respond. So this is it presents an interesting challenge for sure because so so much of uh, addressing, fixing uh, some of the nipping challenge, nipping and biting challenges has everything to do with like the subtleties. Mm -hmm. But things that I can get, I can very simply point you to. Our, uh, we have a couple of videos on the channel that talk about um, uh, prevention. like prevention for sure, uh, because that's a great way to uh, not allow the puppy to rehearse it. Number two, have a house line on all of the time so that you don't have to reach in to take hold of that puppy uh, to redirect them away from you. Um, there's also, we have four skills. I think it's uh, four skills that uh, help your puppy to stop nipping or something like that. I forget what we titled that video, mm -hmm. but we were we were working with a very nippy, uh, was it a, a German Shepherd Cross or something mm -hmm. like that? And uh, we show you four like pretty drawn out exercises that will sort of put you in a position of leadership, which that dog, which, uh, you know, a dog that is, constantly nipping and biting, they really need that sort mm -hmm. of information. Now, in our uh, Puppy um, uh, Essentials online training class, we talk a lot about uh, puppy nipping, and we also do some online private lessons for those students that um, can really help people go through like some of the subtle changes that they need to make so that they can be successful. I think that this is a good time to say, like we have um, some people that ask us about like our online classes versus our YouTube videos, yeah. because if you're watching us, you probably know that we have a very large YouTube channel with hundreds of training videos for your dogs. Um, but in our online classes, we're talking specifically about you and your puppy. And yeah. that's why we're sometimes a bit hesitant to really get into the nitty gritty of nipping because there's not just one way to do it. It right. really depends on yep. the person and the situation and the dog. So in our online classes, we have an opportunity to get to know you and your dog a little bit better. And then we're, be, we're able to give you specific advice on how to stop the nipping, you know, and on all of those types of things. Um, and all of the exercises um, and skills that are in the program are stop, st um, taught in a very step-by-step um, gradual manner um, in a week-to-week -week program. So um, we have actually we have a ton of our students in the chat today. I see uh, I see a lot of our students. Yeah, names, Kristen. Which is I awesome. saw Tanya. Tanya was in here. Um, Tanya's been sharing some uh, pretty great videos in the Tanya's uh, puppy is class. doing so yeah, so so well. Really really well. Um, but but yeah, you know, if you do have a young puppy and you're interested in in a little bit more, you know. Um, um, more um, detailed instruction yeah. and uh, community and an ability to ask, you know, literally in our online classes, you can ask uh, dog trainers questions 
every single yeah. day, yep. uh, which I think is like completely invaluable. So um, I think uh, um, Dan has dropped the Puppy Essentials uh, link. So if you go to the website, you can learn all about the program. You can learn the prices, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then if you have a dog that's a little bit uh, older, um, like over six months, we have another program called Life Skills. And that program is designed for dogs that are six months and older. So the program um, exercises are a little bit, um, we're week one into Life Skills. Oh, yeah. yay, Mandy, welcome. Um, the the programs are a little bit more directed towards, you know, walking and recalls and, and greeting manners, things that are a little bit more important once the puppy stuff is over and done with. Um, so yeah, go check it out. We'd love, we'd love to, uh, to have you guys, um, join us. Um, okay. Moving on a little bit, uh, talking about getting some effort from your dogs. We just talked about self-rewarding behaviors and this can be, uh, to be honest, uh, a challenge people have is like my puppies keep having accidents in the house. Mm -hmm. I take them outside and then I leave them alone for a minute indoors and he has an accident. Um, this is the same reason you don't need to food reward your dog peeing outside, uh, is the reason that you need to supervise them if they're having accidents indoors 100% of the time. That is a, that being relieved like that, like relieving themselves is a self-rewarding thing. They just, it just feels good. So they'll do mm -hmm, it, which mm -hmm. is exactly why you need to be very aware of these self-rewarding situations. And as I finish that thought, I'm going to say, uh, mom gone domestic. <laughs> Thanks for the $5 super chat. Um, let's go to, I'll see if I can grab that uh, link. I'm going to ask something really uh, quickly. Uh, yeah. Someone says, uh, Susan Bo says, my puppy's 14 weeks old. Puppy Essentials is at the right age. Yes, it is, Susan. Yeah. That is yep. perfect. Dogs under six months. Yeah, dogs under six months can um, enter uh, Puppy Essentials and your puppy's the perfect age. Mom gone domestic. Uh, we just got two Aussie puppies that are four months old. Both are scared of noises like vacuum cleaners, mowers outside. How can we fix this? Great question. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little, little bit about some of the things that may overwhelm your dog and sometimes dogs are really sound sensitive yeah um, she said four months old 16 weeks so let's talk a little bit about like some desensitization things that she can do um, not that dissimilar to thunder no no, no definitely not um, first of all I would uh, recommend that if you have two puppies that are the same age I would uh, be very careful that those puppies aren't spending too much time together yep. um, especially if one puppy is more of the um, instigators, not the quite word, right word, but if one puppy is a little bit more like worried, signaling. yeah, that's better, uh, worried than the other. And yeah. then basically the other puppy who's really not that worried might say, well, this, my brother or my sister's worried, so I need to be worried too. So, um, separating them is going to be really important. It's going to be yeah. extremely important for their confidence. We see a lot of people who have littermate dogs have, um, confidence issues because the dogs are so focused on one another. They can't really, it's like, you know, brothers and sisters are twins that can't do anything apart. Right. They need to be separated so that's yeah. the first thing yep the second thing in terms of like those particular noises vacuum cleaners whatever it might be her hair is so pretty. Oh, she's so cute um we the dog we, we, i'm also <laughs> i know so i'm cute. just kidding <laughs> um we recommend that you approach those things very slowly um i know when we have puppies and we're starting to vacuum and do things like that for the first time um especially if it's if it's our own puppy so we i've bred lots of border collie puppies um in litters before and we get them associated to the vacuum cleaner and all that stuff when they're babies but not all breeders do that so um 
you know, we might vacuum and we have a new puppy, we would put them like upstairs in the crate in the bedroom and then vacuum downstairs so right. they could hear it. Yep. But like they're not literally in the same room and it's not like on top of them. Or we might put the puppy in a crate, you know, beside and then one of us would like throw food in the crate while the other person's doing the vacuuming. Yeah. And again, we probably wouldn't do it when we actually were vacuuming. We would say like, hey, hon, can you help me with the vacuum for like five minutes? And one person would be on dog duty, one person would be vacuuming and then we would be training the puppy in those scenarios um but it's really important <laughs> good save ken um it's really important that you if you're dealing with sound sensitivity that you approach it very lightly at first and counter conditioning is a really effective way so make sure that the dog's engaging with something that they like food toys play and then you have whatever that scary sound is very soft in the background until you can build it into being a little bit more um um, there for yeah. the dog to see. So SD Cruiser, uh, one of my doodles was scared of the vacuum. I would use a vacuum in another room with the door closed and I open the door after. And now he, uh, I saw him in his next comment. He said, now they just can't be bothered. SD Cruiser, yeah. learning to be a good dog trainer. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so we talked about self-rewarding behaviors. We talked about uh, how small wins are important. The next thing we need to talk about is getting a little bit of effort from your dog. And this mm -hmm. is one of the big things that people seem to, they're not sure like what they're rewarding. And I, want, I really want you to be mindful, you as a dog trainer, that you're really thinking about what am I rewarding my dog for? What is the value uh, that I am paying out for? You know, if you uh, hire someone to paint your house and none of the painting gets done and you just give them the money in, anyway, or they paint half the house and you pay them the full amount, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So you really need to get a little bit of effort. And this goes to uh, leadership in such a big way. But setting them up so that they can do a little bit of work for you, something mm -hmm. as simple as, uh, you know, your puppy's wandering around and getting a good sit. I mean, it's so simple and straightforward, mm -hmm. but making sure that you get the sit, then rewarding them for that. Conversely, just re randomly rewarding your dog for no apparent reason is going to devalue some of that yes. food reward. And this is something we see often, you know, yes. somebody will be so sitting. often. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about how, you know, uh, unhelpful that is. Yeah, like sometimes people are just rewarding or petting the dog and they don't even realize what the dog's doing at, this, at, at the time. Or, you know, they'll say like, you know, here, hippie, good girl. Here, hippie, good girl. Good girl, hippie, good girl. Here, hippie. I know, it's very confusing you're yes. sitting on my shoulder. Oh. But like, meanwhile, when you look at the, what the dog's doing, she's like sniffing rabbit poo in the backyard or whatever it is. So right. you really need to be hyper aware that what your dog is doing in that moment is worthy of the positive reinforcement that you're getting because the dog's always learning. The other thing to go back to what Ken was saying is you also want to think about like, what's your expectation for your dog? So for us, for like our training, we want our dogs and our students' dogs to learn the first time they're told to do something. And we want the dog to respond to the command happily and willingly without us having to repeat it a bunch of times. And use the come command as an example. My dog gets out of the, the door and they start running towards the driveway where the road is. I do not want to have to say, come, 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 like frantically before my dog turns around and returns back to me. I want to respond the very first time. But what happens is like people can totally understand that scenario because everybody feels the same way. Nobody wants to have their dog run towards the road. But then when the same person says sit, 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 and then finally after the 10th time, me? I know, He's they like, sit and then the dog feeds them. You, then you, oh, the, the, well, then the dog sat and they feed the dog. Well, 
you said sit nine times and then right. you fed the dog. Yeah. So now the dog says, well, I don't really have to listen to the first time you say it because eventually if I just sort of do my own thing and I just choose to sit when I feel like it, then I'm still going to get the reward. And that has to do with Ken's sort of like paying off thing. You know, did the effort that your dog do really warrant the response? And understanding how dogs think and how to properly use rewards can really um, change what kind of... Um, product or results right. or behavior that yes. your dog gives you. Right. Um, as a dog trainer, and this is something that, again, those those superstar students that we get in classes also really recognize this, that you want your dog to work for you in all kinds of situations. There's that old sort of idea that, oh, you have to go down, you have to go through the doorway first, otherwise the dog thinks they're the alpha, yeah. uh, or you need to go up the stairs first, otherwise the dog will think they're the alpha. It's not as much about the dog thinking they're the alpha as it is insisting that the dog puts an effort to get something that they want. You know, mm -hmm. going, they want to go out the door. They can't wait to get outside and have lots of fun. So if you set them up so that they offer some, a little bit of work, a little bit of effort, just remaining in position mm -hmm. while you go out the door, then you release them out to you. They're starting to put together that, hmm, if they ask me to do that, my human asked me to do something and then I do it and I get rewarded for that. These are, these are natural training opportunities that I want you to look for. These are the natural training opportunities that dog trainers love yeah. because they're going to happen multiple times a day and you don't have to think about like, well, I need to work on my sit down, walking up, walking on leash. They're tiny little yeah. wins that you're going to make throughout the day that are, uh, you know, so, so valuable. And your dog just learns to listen. They learn that they work for you great things happen. And that's yeah. really what I want you to sort of get your mind around in this, the course of this live stream. I need to laugh at SD Cruiser. So she, he says, my wife drives me nuts saying sit five times or speak. And my kids tell her mom, just tell them once and then use the hand signal. Right, right. <laughs> Sounds like the kids are definitely getting the hang of uh, the dog training. Yeah. And you know, I think that's, um, that's a good point that we sort of can sort of bridge this to is, is that too. among the household, uh, you know, everyone in the household should kind of get on the same page yeah. or at least be, uh, you know, talk about the value of these kinds of things because it's going to make it a little bit easier. Nasty Cruiser's got a couple of adult dogs um, that are, you know, he does uh, fun training with, but especially at the very beginning, having everybody sort of know, okay, this is, the, these are the household rules um, mm -hmm. is really helpful. Yeah. And that will speed up your training as well. Uh, which one? This one? Yeah. Yep. Uh, struggling with Maverick and his zoomies every evening. Is it okay to use the crate and try to settle him without making him feel like he's punished in the crate? Great, great question. Mm -hmm. We actually talked about this in, uh, was it in our puppy thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in our puppy essentials class. Let's talk about that. Yeah, um, I wouldn't try not to use the crate uh, uh, immediately. No, try not to. Right, you um, wouldn't try not to. What? You wouldn't try not to. I would try not to. Okay, we got it. I thought you said I wouldn't try not <laughs> no. to, and I wasn't sure if it was I would two. try not to yeah. um, use the crate in that scenario right away. So it's not, um, it's definitely not wrong to use the crate to like stop the behavior from continuing to rehearse. But what you don't want to do is put the, put the dog in the crate to kind of stop the behavior. You right. want to actually stop the behavior out of the crate, and I'll tell you to do that in a second. Then, so that the whole routine doesn't start to happen over and over and over again, I would then put the puppy in the crate. And that's how you're going to accomplish it. It's great to see that you don't want to use the, the crate as punishment. That's perfect. So what you would do when the puppy's doing zoomies and being crazy, um, again, Ken mentioned this earlier in the, in the stream, but we recommend that when your dog is in training, no matter what they are doing and where they are, is they're out of their crate, they should have a leash or a line on. Right. So that when the dog starts to go into the zoomies, you can stop them with a long line take the line and just tell them settle and sit, get them sitting, get them being calm. 
Once you have a few moments of calmness, then I would very happily say, you know what, you're going to go in your crate for a little bit. Um, I will say, though, that when the dogs are doing a lot of the zoomy things, it typically is because they aren't getting enough stimulation in the day. So um, just look at your day with the dog and make or, sure or that they're... Or sometimes, or it's too much. Like, yeah, you, you know, sometimes the dogs are overtired. To kind of like yeah. kids Usually be. it's the opposite, yeah, though. Usually yeah, it's sure. that the dog isn't getting enough exercise. And I don't mean, like, going for walks. I mean, like, mental exercise, mental stimulation, training and that type of thing. Um, so just, you know, make sure that you're tiring the dogs out. Our dogs don't really have zoomies, but uh, ever, but it's because our dogs are very, um, stimulated and exercised and tired all day long. And when we don't have an opportunity to exercise them in, in the, um, degree that we normally do, we see it in yeah, our dogs. For sure. They're just a little bit more energetic because they just haven't had that same, um, um, energy. Um, and just on this topic, I see another uh, question, um, Wisconsin bound, how long should the line be inside the house? Um, we recommend it being anywhere from four to six feet long. We recommend taking a handle off. So it slips and slides around the house a little bit more easily. The lines that we use outside of the house are anywhere from like 20 feet, that type of thing. So the dog has more freedom to move around, but not so much freedom that, um, that you can't catch it. <laughs> Dan, Long enough that you can catch it. There you yes, go. Yeah, Taking the true. words right out of my mouth, yeah, bud. That's great. It's a good point. Um, so talking about uh, these opportunities to get some effort from your dog, maybe it is something as simple as someone coming in your household and you have your dog on your house line or on a leash. If you can plan ahead, that's a, it's a way better option to have your dog on a leash. And just getting them to like not dart to the door, getting them to sit in at your side. Like these are the small efforts that you want from them. So, so one thing we often do, and uh, again, uh, I think we have a few videos on this, but we'll, simply putting the f their food down. Yeah. Like insisting that they don't dive their head into, uh, into the food bowl, that's a win. I mean, especially when you're talking about something that is so desirable, it's mealtime, they can't wait to get the thing. Teaching a weight, actually someone in the puppy group not that long ago showed like a remarkable uh, wait for food. It was um, Mimi and yeah, her Shiba Inu that's puppy. Right, that's right. Like, and I'm like, this is amazing. I can't yeah. believe how well the dog. Oh, do. she's actually on. I'm a long way away from people saying hi to pups still. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, but your puppy is really good at waiting for its food in the crate. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. But like little things so like good. that, guys. This is where this is the stuff dog trainers just know because they you know see it. They see the uh, they see the value of these things. Um, and again, you know, uh, we talk a lot about like this kind of stuff in our puppy essentials. Let's talk a little bit about what you guys are. You're doing calls tomorrow, so. We we do Zoom calls, yeah. uh, or we're doing Zoom calls for our Puppy Essential Life Skills group. What's the call for tomorrow? Maybe some of these puppy guys might want to get in on it. Yeah, so um, tomorrow our Puppy Essentials topic is how to exercise your puppy um, so that you can keep them more sane in the house because we talk a lot about, um, we're not big advocates of like young puppies going on long walks yeah. for numbers of reasons, right. um, which we talk about. Um, so, but we have to, often people say, well, if I can't walk my dog, what else do I do with it? It's like, a great to keep question. It entertained and yeah. exercise. So yep. that's what we're talking about tomorrow. Um, and then our life skills program, we are talking about the use of food and like we touched a little bit on on it today but we're going much more into it tomorrow things on like when to use it how to use it how to um, how, does, how, how to wean off, off of it which yeah. is something oh, people again. are always like i know Hun, we, need, we need to have some fun like... thing oh you know what i'll do i'll just hit this <laughs> every time we say something at the same I thought time maybe i would say like you owe me a beer yeah you, don't, you usually say jinx or I something. something like that yeah, yeah.
I don't know. What is a young puppy? Um, So our Puppy Essentials program is for puppies under six months, and our Life Skills program are for puppies over six months. Walking the fine line of uh, getting your dog to put in effort, you know, appropriate socialization uh, techniques, uh, appropriate amounts of training, overwhelming your dog can lead to failure. And that goes, whether that is the environment is too much, the, uh, the, what you're requesting of them, you know, if you, so I often see this, you know, people say, this sort of goes back to what you said, where people will say, um, you know, uh, it, it would be nice if you used an untrained dog. Uh, in some of your videos when it is a dog we've literally had for like four and a half minutes. I know. Um, but it's because... We're like, we did. <laughs> we, yeah, we insist on the dog uh, paying attention to us before we even think about taking a step towards teaching it to walk on leash. You know, yeah. we show the dog how to be right in position. And if we were to take that new dog uh, that's, you know, a loner dog uh, for us or loner puppy and um, just start walking, just start to practice walking training, the dog won't have a chance. And you won't be able to reward that puppy. You won't be able to reward your dog. You need to make sure that you're building on a solid foundation of understanding. And if that means that you focus simply on sitting in control at your side on a relatively busy place. And I know it's kind of hard now because of social distancing, etc. but we'll move back into that. So maybe for you, if you've got a wild and crazy dog, maybe going to the middle of the park and asking your dog to sit and remain in position, maybe that's the best thing you can do for them right yeah. now. You know, certainly it goes dog by dog basis, but um, you know, if you were to take that same dog and put it into a situation where uh, they'll go crazy when other dogs are around, then it, that might be overwhelming them. Yeah. So I want you to be really aware of what's my dog capable of. You know, where where uh, you know where can I be successful? Where where's that threshold? You know, how do I test the limits of my success? How how can I put my dog in a situation where they're probably going to choose the right thing? But if they don't, I have, you know, I know what to do, uh, you know, to fix them, to help them to be right. This is what I want you to really, uh, you know, be thinking about in terms of overwhelming your dog and how much it can set you back. Mm-hmm. You know, not just that, those dogs that are, again, we're going to have a lot of uh, puppies and young dogs that aren't super socialized or haven't been around a lot of other dogs. Yeah. And uh, that can be a pretty scary situation. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, overwhelming your dog in environments, like in terms of like them stressing low rather than stressing high. Yeah, I think um, sometimes I see some people put puppies in situations that are like a little bit more overfacing. That sort of comes back to like the whole walk- walking thing, um, walking in busy places when there's like maybe scary trucks that go by or just like big loud noises that maybe the dog's not mentally ready to, to deal with yet. Um, or like if you, this is not a good example, but normally when you're not social distancing, you know, if we have people that have like a bunch of people in the house or like Christmas, we get lots of uh, questions at Christmas with the family parties. And then you have like baby puppies or young dogs running around and getting into mischief and jumping on people because just the stimulation of the house is just too much or Maybe you just have a busy household on an everyday basis and that type of stuff is just too much for the dog. Some dogs stress high and some dogs just shut down. They want to just kind of go and be on their own because they just feel a little bit too overwhelmed. And we um, we as dog trainers look for those scenarios and we try not to place our dog in a scenario where they need to feel that way. We always want to focus on building confidence and teaching the puppy to be worldly and and comfortable in those new settings. Jennifer Fujimoto, thanks for the super chat. Um, she's got a good question. And actually, this is, uh, this is, I mean, she couldn't have asked it at a more perfect time. 
So Jennifer says, my rescue, my rescue gets so excited with new people and I can't get her to stay down or remain in the down. Um, I tried to step on the leash, but she struggles and gets more frantic other ideas. Yeah, and the yeah. down can be a really challenging position for some dogs. So I and, think she just means stay down means like stay off. Oh, okay. It's, it's we As dog trainers, one of the things that we have a hard time with is oh, when I people okay. say down. Yeah, yeah. Because to us, like that means like it's a lie position. all the way down. So yeah. we use the word off. I think that's what she means. Okay. So let's talk about, um, you know, how to help the dog to be more successful and, uh, you know, not overwhelming the dog so that they uh, get really excited. And Oh, I want to show you this before we do. Look at, look at Hippie Shake here on the camera too. Oh, she was very... She was shaking the toy like crazy, and we just talked about how she doesn't, um, how she didn't like toys before this. But you can tell. Which one? Okay. Let's answer. Let's answer Jennifer's question. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that you'll find uh, most effective is to teach the dog to do something else instead of the jumping. Um, and sometimes it it is. Um, it's helpful to spread the distance between the puppy and the dog um, and whatever the, the, the dog is very excited and stimulated by. So if it's somebody who comes to the door, you might not let the dog go right up to the door. If you're passing someone on the street, you might not let your puppy go right up to that person. And one of the things that we know about dogs is often if there's a behavior that you don't really like, a really smart tactic is to replace it with a behavior that you do like. Because yeah. often dogs are doing, you know, jumping and behaviors like that because they don't really know what else they should be doing and they're just reacting to their feelings. So by teaching the dogs to, to sit, for example, on a loose leash to get a lot of rewards is an opportunity for you to um, default to that, you know, if, or, or go and lie on a bed. We use bed, um, a lot of go on your bed type yep. of exercises for our house. So when people come to the door, we condition our dogs to go and lie on a mat or go and lie on a bed. And when we open the door, the dog's been re rewarded millions of times for laying on the bed. So that becomes just as exciting as going to see the person at the door. And then of course, in, in our training, we teach the dogs not to jump up. And then of course we can, you know, call them off the bed and let them go and say hello in, in a, a happy but controlled manner. So um, right now I would try to replace the jumping up with a different behavior. And you will find that if you that's not working, it probably means that you're too close to the distraction and you need to, to start further away if you're wanting to do it through positive reinforcement. Imagine someone showed up right now and they can't see the dog, but they see this. And they this, thought that was your chest hair. Yeah, and in a, in a, in a, or, a, or a booby tassel. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Just funnier. Either one. It's pretty amusing. Okay. Um, okay. So rehearsal, allowing your dog to rehearse. So this is a great um, example. We can talk a little bit about um, that last question from um, who was that? From Tanya? No. I forget, I, I've lost it now. Um, la that last question, rehearsing, allowing your dog to rehearse stuff. It's really important that if you, f if you do reach that point where the dog is, uh, you know, fails, it's, oh, Jose, dropping a super chat. Thank you, Jose. So another superstar, yeah. another public training superstar. Um, thank you very much for, uh, for, for uh, the super chat, Jose. Um, just before we get to your question, I'm gonna save it and go back to it. Um, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, not allowing your dog to rehearse it. So the act of jumping up and like simply jumping up on somebody is pretty rewarding. So you need to be able to redirect your dog. You mm -hmm. can't allow them to rehearse that stuff. The same thing goes for 
going potty in your house. Same thing goes for chewing on something that you don't want them to. It You can't allow them to rehearse that stuff. So you as a dog trainer need to make sure you have some way <laughs> to redirect or some way to interrupt that behavior. And supervision is gonna be key here, guys. Uh, you know, Positioning yourself or setting you, setting you up so that you, you can be a great trainer for your dog, <laughs> super helpful. Uh, I didn't hear you, I was talking too loud. Okay, from Jose. Jose says, any tips for keeping a level head when puppies do something unfavorable? Is it frustration or just me lacking some understanding uh, uh, with the situation at hand? Obviously, it's not the puppy's fault. This is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And it's a great question. And, you know, I love... The fact that you even know to ask yeah. this question yep. is quite impressive Sometimes to me. <laughs> instructor Steve, uh, you know, doing his backroom talk, which we do in our grade one class, he'll sometimes say, like, there are times when uh, the, some of the value of the crate is you can just put your puppy in there and forget, like, have a glass of wine and forget that you got a puppy at all for the next hour. Mm -hmm. And then go back to training your puppy. But this is a good question. Let's dive into this. <laughs> There's a lot of funny comments about your chest hair. Oh. Which is a hysterical. Okay. Oh, sorry. I didn't um, it's really important that when your puppy does something um, that you don't really like, that you uh, address it without emotion. Um, because what we don't want to do is we do need to have some type of discipline and structure in our dog's life. But what we don't want to do is cause the puppy to be worried or upset about those types of things. So, um, and this is that fine line between people who like don't ever want to tell their dogs that they're wrong because they don't ever want to get mad at them versus someone that understands that you can be a strong leader and you can do it very fairly and effectively without getting all, you know, bottled up about stuff. Just yep. deal with it, um, you know, unemotionally and then and then move on from there. Right. Are you going to have moments of frustration? Absolutely. Are you going to want to like cry and rip your hair out sometimes? Sometimes. Absolutely. Yep. That's just part of having a dog and a puppy and going through those things. Everybody has those moments when you're just like over it. Um, so that's, it's not... Um, there's nothing wrong with feeling that way, yeah. but you do want to make sure that uh, that you are addressing things um, unemotionally, um, so that you can you can do things properly. And and you're right; it's not really the puppy's fault. The dogs are only going to be as good as we train them to be. So if your puppy's driving you crazy you need to do something different. What do you need to change in your everyday life with your dog so that they're making better choices? Is it management? Is it more crate time? Is it more training? Whatever it might be. But the problem is, is if you're just starting out and you don't really know how to train dogs yet and you need that guidance, yeah. you're going to make some mistakes and you're going to be frustrated for sure. Um, but that's why you jump on live streams like this or you join a puppy program, join a puppy program yeah. and then you can complain and, to us and, and, I think, and we will help you and yeah. guide you. And I think Jose is saying, bagging a little bit like he's a bit of a, he's done some really amazing things yeah, in that program absolutely. and like he has definitely shown shown off uh, the skills that he has natural dog trainer yeah you know somebody that can, can take some direction yeah. and can re really affect change yeah but i want to say corgi home uh thanks so much for the 20 dollars super chat <laughs> gives me another opportunity to toot and you guys know how much i love to toot corgi home says um your channel has been so helpful. After getting my first corgi puppy last year, congratulations, uh, having had seven corgis adult corgis from various sources, my puppy has had a whole new, uh, puppy has been a whole new experience. Oh. Oh, yeah, it's so nice. that's really, really nice to hear. Um, Thank you. Thanks for all you share. Nice. We're so happy to help you out. I mean, that's one of the things that's exciting. I found exciting. Now, keep in mind, I was a student first. You know, I came to McCann Dogs as a student and fell in love with the process of dog training. And then as an instructor, 
I realized how you could literally ha- impact people, impact their lives, yeah. you know, because it impacted mine. And um, it was so exciting to see, and this is where I was kind of going with this, um, but whether it's a corgi or an Irish wolfhound or a German shepherd or a, or a border collie or, or whatever, King Corso uh, to, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the breed is, you know, uh, all these all these dogs, you, you, it's a, it, you know, it's a little bit of troubleshooting and figuring, figuring out, you know, what their unique challenges might be. Sometimes it's like focusing a little bit on what, you know, what do we know that breed likes? So for yeah. a lab, for example, you know, they carry stuff in their mouth. They love to retrieve. I can use retrieve as a valuable reward for that lab because they love to do it. So I can, I can get them to do a skill and give them a jackpot or payout that they really want. Your terriers, Funky Monkey is a great example. Maybe they're, you know, really accustomed to sniffing stuff on the ground. I know that that's a unique challenge that the terriers might have because they're so focused on their nose uh, that I might have to work through. You know, yeah. I might change some of my training to be more successful with them. But the beaut- the adorable little corgis are always fun to have in class oh too. Oh my God. And I- I'm happy. Happy corgis are the best. Oh my God, they're adorable. But uh, I'm so glad we could help Corgi Home. And uh, thanks for the super chat. That's very, very <laughs> Dan cool. Dan Ken came for grooming and left as a trainer <laughs> and with a wife. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting roasted in the I chat. love this. Keep it coming, guys. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. That's hysterical. Uh, I think we're out of time. Uh, I don't think we That's have anything else to talk about. That's because you don't want to... Uh, <laughs> I'm happy to go on. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to chat about. Oh. What? Do you have anything to offer? Anything no, more? No, I don't think so. Okay. Oh, look at that. Oh, perfect. Kimberly. Good timing, hanging out. Kimberly. Yeah, very good timing. Here's uh, for the super chat. Um, Kimberly asks. Oh, I've got to get it up on my screen here. One second. Um, introducing Luna. Kim is oh, this also is good. Uh, one of our um, puppy students. Yeah. So let's let's uh, actually show this. Can we show this? Uh, she's introducing Luna yeah. to uh, hair clippers, and I think this might be something that you guys, as uh, everybody, might. Yeah. See some benefit. I've in. had to do a lot of this with Hippie because she had to get. Um, yeah. Uh, Lots of grooming for sure. Okay, while Kayla's gone, guys, we need to come up with something that we can give her a hard time about. Because I see, I feel like I'm, oh, she can still hear me. Damn it. Um, Separation anxiety in puppies. Kendra, great topic. Uh, Hang out for Saturday's video. I got something special just for you because I think it's really going to be, uh, you know, it's good. That's going to be a very popular topic. And I don't want you guys to struggle. So um, make sure you check out the video on Saturday morning. Uh, John Fraser, any chance the school will open up soon? We're actually at, uh, there today, uh, figuring out how we're going to make that happen. Um, uh, so Definitely nothing before July. Yeah, nothing before July, uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, there's lots of retrofitting and things that and we need to do to make sure then. that everybody's safe. But um, we will figure it out. And uh, call our office. Um, if you're a local student, McCandogs.com is our website. And you can uh, call one of the professional trainers in our office and, and somebody can maybe give you a little bit more specific information. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's dive into that um, a little bit. So also, I'll just show you a little closer. Okay. It's just like really intense. Don't watch your face. Yeah, these are terrifying, these things. <laughs> so these are the grooming equipment that I, I use on my poodles, both of which she had to get very used to. So I'm going to show you like... What I did. Okay, um, quick question, Andy Dreher. Is there going to be a Zoom call for life skills tomorrow? Yeah, there is, Andy. And what's yeah, the topic? Yeah, I, po- I posted the um, reminder on Facebook a few hours ago, but you're going to get an email in the morning, Andy, that has um, that has the link in it. Uh, it's the same time. It's at 3, life skills is 3 p.m. EST. I think Tanya wants you to groom me. Oh, my and God, she- should I cut his, his, his chest hair off? No. Here. Well, I don't really care about that so much. All right, all right, that's enough. Um, maybe we thinking, can do a haircut. Let's do a haircut. I mean, I do look like a, all right, be careful. This is, 
this would be like live stream fails where my ear gets removed and then my sunglasses won't fit right. Um, with that said, let's head on over to the train station. <laughs> okay, hip. Okay, so. Gail, you're actually blurry. Can you just come to that towards that camera a little bit? Like stand up and go towards that camera. Oh. So you can get you back in focus. Oh, it's awfully dark over there, isn't it? Okay, you're back. Okay. Okay. I go like right here. Is it okay? Um, keep losing you. Yeah, I don't know. We're having some focus. I can just come. I can just come back to this one. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Come here. Okay, I'll give you, oh my goodness, okay, yeah, hop up on me. That's okay, she can do that. Okay, well, you're a little bit more room. So, what I would start to do is get the dog very comfortable. So, I would feed her first. Okay, you can do this with anything that your dog's worried about, really. You can just apply this training. So, I'm feeding her, and I'm feeding her really awkwardly so that you can see, but I wouldn't normally feed her this way. And then I would just turn this on. Good girl. And I would feed her. Now, I'm almost out of food. So I'm going to turn it off. And this is all about uh, conditioning. So if I was to run this and not feed her and sort of let her think about it, it's it's Stressful. much harder for her to work through that. So food comes first. So I'm distracting, I'm distracting. I can turn my buzzer on. Good girl. Again, I'm at my last treat. I'm going to turn it off. So that she starts to condition. Huh, every time that sound happens, food is there. When the sound stops, the food stops, so what is she gonna prefer more? Now, she's comfortable with this, because obviously I've done this already, but then what I would do is rather than cut her, I would turn the thing around, uh, and I would just practice bringing it close to her, so That's just conditioning her a little bit to it. Then eventually I would just like put it on her body, just sort of move it around. Yes, good girl. And the whole time she's, yes. she's paying out, the now whole I'm, time. I'm almost out of food now, so I'm gonna turn it off. Okay, so I'm I'm removing the scary part when the food had disappeared. And I would do the same thing with the scissors. So again, I would use the non-sharp end. These things are just so <laughs> intimidating. I hate them. I'm so much better at using scissors than I am the buzzer though. Yeah. Um, but I, I hair stuff. So I would just hold it on her. I would get her very comfortable. For her, um, I have to be able to cut near her face. So I've done, for those of you in our Puppy Essentials program, we teach chin. This is a really important part. So if I'm holding her head and she's very comfortable, I need to be able to just place this on her. Yes. And then I can reward her from there. Teaching her to be very, very still. Because if I have sharp scissors, these are a bit intense for her face. I realize that. But if I have sharp scissors, she can't be moving around. I need her to be very, very comfortable with being still. And a lot of people say, oh, my dog loves handling. I don't have any problem. But it's very different when you have to groom a dog or clip toenails or look in ears or look in mouths. The dogs have to be very, very still, especially when you have something sharp. So it's not just be still. It's about just really, see how she just sort of conditioned she just sort of hangs out and I mean she's had this done millions of times now oh you're so good baby yes good girl but she's also had a ton of repetition of getting this done and then being reinforced at the same time you're so cute and you need a haircut yeah um oh there was something I was gonna say about that oh uh, uh Kimberly asked a follow-up question how do I prevent running weight rehearsing I think she's already learned to be afraid of them you're gonna need a teammate yeah or you're gonna need to be able to control the dog a little bit so you're gonna yep. have your house line on 
for sure, regardless of whether someone's helping you or not. Uh, but you can't. If you allow can them... stick to just someone helping you right now, that would be best. We have one of our dogs that's quite worried about nail clipping, and Ken and I have decided that we are going to tag team her for a little while yep. uh, so that we can build up her confidence. So one of us holds the puppy, and one of us, or she's not a puppy, she's a dog. Um, one of us holds the dog, one of us clips, and we just sort of work through it together so that we don't um, overface the dog. Yeah. Um, there's another important thing SC Cruiser pointed out, a uh, really good tip, uh, to buy good clippers. Uh, good ones are much quieter than the $60 ones yes, you get at Walmart. Good That's point. a really good uh, yeah. point for sure. Same thing goes with nail cl uh, trimming, uh, like nail oh, clippers. Oh, if there, you I have think. bad clippers, it can like really be bad experience for the dog. For sure. Okay, um, I've seen some great things. Somebody mentioned I might have Austin Powers chest hair. Ew, this yeah, is like baby. taking a really gross turn. <laughs> I know. I, I am... we, we kind of set that up to, uh, to, to uh, happen. But um, you know what isn't gross is how awesome you guys were this entire show. So many good questions. Um, I want to thank everybody that has uh, asked a question, made a comment, simply for hanging out here with us. It's been so cool to have you guys with us. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Caroline for her super chat, super sticker, Pastor Dan, Kelsey Wright, Scott Lacey, Mary H, Mom Gone Domestic, Jennifer Fujimoto, Jose Garibay, Corgi Home, and Kimberly Autore. Uh, thank you for the super chats. And um, tomorrow we have our uh, online training classes. Our, we have a puppy essentials course, which is for dogs six months and older. It's um, uh, 12, you get access to it for 12 weeks. We have Four weeks of uh, four weeks of like progressions, different progressions, um, as well as like private groups where we have these chats, um, as well as calls. Like we literally see you tomorrow uh, mm -hmm. if you were in our Puppy Essentials course. So um, check out the link. I think it's uh, McCannDogs.link/PuppyEssentials. Mm -hmm. um, and our life skills is for dogs six months or older. You know uh, there are so many times that people uh, you know reach out and say, "I wish you were closer." This is literally it, it, literally you get more access to us online yeah. uh, because we're. We're hanging out with you every day, answer, yeah. getting, uh, answering questions. It's just definitely so much different than a lot of other online programs where it's a lot of like self-education. Yeah, this case. is definitely not the case. You have access to instructors, you know, um, quite exclusively, and um, you know we can help you every step of the way. You can start any time for sure. Um, but and whenever you start, you would start at the beginning. I saw someone ask like, "Will you start at the beginning?" If we, you know, you you, it's a drip system, so yeah. it, you know, yeah. it has a specific pace for that sure. we feel yep. is a good amount of time to work work on each skill so um yeah for sure and um so tomorrow's call for puppy essentials is uh it's at uh 2 p.m and it is about uh exercising right your dog so that yeah. they so that they're are more less well crazy <laughs> and life skills is about using food when it's appropriate yeah. when it's not as well as weaning off food and these are yeah. super important things we want to give you an opportunity to get in on those calls tomorrow um a uh, huge thank you to our moderators i see uh dan luton Lots of links, Luton, just going crazy in there. SD Cruiser, uh, Instructor Steve was in there as well. I want to thank you guys. Uh, you know, without your help, this would be a much more challenging and complicated process. Maybe this is your first time on the channel. Uh, if that's the case, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We publish new videos every week to help you to have a well-behaved four-legged family member. Uh, on that note, I'm going to wish you guys well. I'm Ken. I'm Cal. Happy training, guys. See you soon. This is Hippie Shake. Bye for now. <laughs>